welcome to the James River College Podcast. We hope that this episode encourages you in whatever walk of life that you are in. So grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks, and welcome home to James River College. And um, uh, I appreciate it. Hey, open your Bibles, if you would, to the great commandment in Matthew chapter 22. I think some of you know where we're going. Let me, let me mention something real quick on, on the power of God that's moving through our church right now. Um, what we see with people giving in their finances is not natural. It's supernatural. And when culture's up here and he's talking about missions and he's talking about Burundi and he's talking about the 500 plus missionaries that we support, that honestly can't be done without you. Notice I didn't say it can't be done without the church. It can't be done without you. You're a part of that. I'm just a poor college student. If you were to show me the receipts of the items that you've purchased over the last two weeks, I'll show you what's important to you. Somewhere in there somehow should be a receipt of tithe and offering and missions. And you're going, you know what? I know that I'm paying a lot of money to be here but I'm going to make sure that there's a way that other people can be here. We're going to build the church. I'm a missions guy, so i got to slow down. I believe in being generous. Um, not only is it a supernatural thing, it's what's happening with the finances of the church. It's a supernatural thing, what's happening in the healing of the church. Uh, last night, many of you know, I've struggled for the last year. Uh, it was about 11 months ago, or yeah, 11 months ago that I went in, had an appointment done during COVID. Uh, they did a throat scope. They shoved this big tube down my throat, through my nose, and um, they do all these tests, and they run all these videos, and they're like, basically, here's what's happening. It's not cancer. It's not any polyps, any tumors, nothing you have to worry about, and as a speaker, you really begin to worry about that when you don't have a throat to speak with. And uh, so got on some medication, did some different things. It got a little bit better. And the last seven to 10 days have been horrendous for me. So much that by the end of the day, I'm in pain trying to swallow. It's like my throat had forgotten how to swallow. And uh, so it's been, it's been really, honestly, for me, I want to be the example to students. And I'm trying to be like up because even though we're suffering in pain and there's that, that pain in that moment, we have to understand that the glory is yet to come. And we can never, and you, oh, this will preach, you'll never receive the glory of God if you forget about God. So last night I was in service, and we have been doing RA interviews, and there's a lot of talking, and there's a lot of um, interaction, and I was trying to do everything I could through the day, drink lots of water, be smart on what I was eating. That's all a factor of it. And I got into the service last night, and I was sitting on the front row, and it was time to take communion, and I pulled out the communion, and I remember saying this. I remember saying, God, I literally feel so dry right now. I'm worn out. This throat thing is driving me nuts. Do something. Touch me. Let me just feel your presence tonight. A lot of times in ministry, let me help you. You've got to remember about God. You'll be doing the work of the ministry, and you'll, you'll find yourself doing it on your own. 
I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm praying every day. But am I asking God to make it happen for me instead of me trying to have it happen for myself? So I start into the communion time and I take the, the bread and, and I'm just saying, thank you, Lord, for, the, for your body that was broken for me. And thank you so much, God, for the sacrifice that you made for me. Lord, would you just do your work in me? Let me just have a refreshing of your Holy Spirit. And as I'm praying and as I'm receiving that, that, that token of his commitment and his sacrifice for me, I began to, to drink the, the grape juice and I begin to praise and I begin to worship and I begin to sing to the top of my voice. And it hit me. My throat doesn't hurt anymore. And I walked over. <laughs> if you ever watch the front row um, at South Campus, it is quite busy on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night. And usually if I'm stepping over to the headset, it's something like, hey, that light is out or that mic went out. And I walk over to Cameron because I just had this conversation with him before service. And I said, hey, I just, I'm supposed to tell you, the Lord wanted me to tell you just to reiterate what he's doing in my life. Um, he just healed my throat. And I just went back and I stood up and just started worshiping again. When you really trust God, he'll do what, he, what, what you need him to do. He'll, he'll work it out. He'll make it happen because he's God. So be faithful. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about something real quick um, at the end. I'll, I'll save it for the end because I think it's a very important part of what's happening this week with go bless someone's face off. This is not just a, an item that we can do and, and get views. This is who we are as a church. I, I've heard mixed emotions, honestly. Like, I just don't know why we would have to do that on a video. And why are people doing it? Listen, here's why we're doing it. Because we want people to see, not us and what we can do. We want people to see who God is and what he can do. Because here's what's important. Love God. Love people. Love God. Love people. Before you get too excited, let me just help you with something. A lot of people want to just park it there and leave it. Why isn't it? I, I said it as a youth pastor. I remember crying on my couch, a big old leather green couch that was given to us in our front room that no one ever sat in. I barely got through the door. I just got my tail end chewed by my lead pastor, not Pastor John, another church I was at previously. And I remember laying down as a young, immature leader and just crying. It's okay to cry. And I'm just crying, I'm, oh, gosh, I'm just a failure. But I do remember saying this. Why is it not enough that I can just love God and love people? That's really my heart, and that's who we are as a church. Love God, love people. But here's why I was saying, why do I have to work? Why do I have to be responsible? Why do I have to do the details? Why is it enough just to love God and love people? Listen, the love is in the details. I get so many people, that's right, we should just love God and love people and let everything else just figure it out. Part of figuring it out is the details. Part of figuring it out is you being here as a student. Part of figuring it out is listening to leadership because you don't know it all. I don't know it all. Pastor Josh doesn't know it all. 
But we know more as we get older and we listen and we read and we just listen to the Holy Spirit working in and through us. So today, my message is very simple. Love God, love people. See, the great commandment's not a concept that is optional. It's the charge to all believers that is essential. The great commandment is not optional. What is the great commandment? Matthew chapter 22 and verse 34 says this, When the Pharisees heard how he had bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault. <laughs> I don't know if you'll pick up some things during this message today that may really seem like modern day times. Well, we tried getting the church by saying this, and that didn't work because the church is still growing. So we'll get them this way. Watch what Jesus does. One of their religion scholars spoke for them, going, uh, posing a question that they hoped would show him up. Teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? Now, what, they're not saying which of the Ten Commandments is the most important. They're going back to Levitical law. They're going back to the book of Leviticus. They've memorized the entire thing. Every, every law is important. Every law cannot be broken. If you break a law, there's a hundred different things you have to do to be forgiven. There's all kinds of sacrifices. There's all kinds of rituals. It's not about relationship with God. It's about the ritual with God. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. Somebody say all. all. Say it again. All. all. Like you mean it. All. all. Not some of it. Right. Not just while you're in class. Right. Not just while you're in chapel. Not just while you're with other believers. All the time. He says, all your passion. What are you passionate about? Listen, guys, fellas, men in this room, let me challenge you. I understand Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. can be difficult to get up. And I have determined if I'm in town, I will be at men's Bible study. Tuesday morning's Bible study was one of the most challenging men's Bible studies in the years of Bible studies that I've ever heard. Convicting. I'm a 45-year-old grown man. And I felt like I need to be a man. And I was like, if Craig Rochelle were here right now, I'd give him a hug. Because I'm a man, I'd probably just punch him in the chest. <laughs> but you've got to give it all. Are you more passionate about your calling or your shot? Are you more compassionate towards the lost and passionate about the lost or your style. Listen, when it comes to those things and you look at those receipts and talk about giving and being generous, are you more passionate about what kind of coffee you have or the fact that you could drink water and be just fine? That was, that was extra. I wasn't even, that's not even in my notes. <laughs> Love the Lord your God with all your passion and your prayer and your intelligence. Listen to this. This is the most important. Put God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. 
Don't worry about where you're going to lay your head. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about the position that you're going to get. He goes through all those things. He lays it all out. He says, and by the way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it'll all work out. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs from them. If you were to go to my house, you would walk in the front door, and on the back of the door, there's hangers. Uh, on, on there, I built these little cabinets for my wife a few years ago. I think I use them more than she does. And on the side of it are these pegs. And I not only just hang one jacket there, but I end up hanging another jacket there. And maybe the sweater that I wore that day and didn't want to run through the washing, I'll hang it there. And the next thing you know, I've got this pile of things hanging on one peg. Here's what you need to know. Your love for God and your love for people is a peg that will not tear away. When it comes to the end of the day, if you are loving God and you are loving people and you're hanging your jacket on that, you win. You can't go around and think, you know what? If I can, if I can hang my jacket on the relationship that I built with someone else today, then I won. If you have forgotten about your relationship with God and you forget about your love for people, when I say relationship, relationship is part of loving people, but I'm saying you're trying to work your way in. You're trying to weasel your way in. How about that? Is that a little clear? But when you begin to hang the jacket there and you go, you know what? I'm resting there. I'm resting there. He's saying, listen, those are the two pegs you need to put your robes on there, Sadducees. Those are the two pegs that you need to put your robe on when you go home tonight, Pharisees. That's where you need to land. Love God, love people. Justin, why are you saying this? This is not just a concept. It's a commandment. We have what we call the, the, the core values. And we also um, have the cultural commitments. And if you read through those, through those core values and you read through the cultural commitments, you'll see this just working all day long, those two things. They just work all day long through those. That's who we are as a church. Matter of fact, in our cultural commitments, there's just not one highlight of gratitude for people. But the second thing is we are a culture that values people. We love God every day of the week. We love God as a church. But it's important that we love people. Let me ask you this. Do you have a love for the people around you? Are you grateful? Do you have a gratitude for the people around you? We talk about it. You'll go through it three or four times through the cultural commitments in your, in your groups when you come in for chapels. This year, you'll hear it two, three, four times. You hear it in class. You hear it in, in other uh, settings and areas. But let me ask you this. Does it click with you? Or does it just go right in one ear and out the other? Are you 
grateful for the people around you. Well, who's the people around me? The person on your left and the person on your right. Most of you chose who you would sit by in chapel today. You had it already in your head when you left your class and came over here like, I'm going to sit by so-and-so today. I want to sit with them. They're my friend. I want to hang out with them. But are you grateful for the person behind you? Are you grateful for the person in front of you? Are you grateful for the person that you intentionally sit on the other side of the room from today because there's conflict in your relationship? Are you grateful for every single person in your apartment? Well, I really get along with this person, and I know about this person. It was very interesting. We had RA interviews, and, and one of the questions that Bailey so frequently asked was, tell me about your roommate. And there are some that just, and again, there's things everyone knows, that, well, her name is or his name is this. We all know that. But there were some that were just going boom, 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 boom. You know what that's a sign of? Someone who has a grateful attitude and they value their roommate. Because if you know more about your roommate than they do you, it means that you care more about them than you do yourself. I remember going to meeting Tammy's family for the first time. And uh, they started asking me questions. And I just, as so many of you know, just rattled on. Oh, yeah. And just kept talking, 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 talking. And I got to the end of the night, and I'm like, your family's awesome. This is extended as aunts and uncles and cousins. And they're asking me all kinds of questions. I'm like, man, they really love me. And I remember laying my head down to sleep that night and thinking, I was just with them for two and a half hours. I don't know half of their names, and I don't know anything about them. We have to get it in our heads that it's not about us. It's about him and it's about them. So what are you doing to build that culture in your own life? What are you doing? Look, look, look what, what he's referring to. When he talks about the law and he says these are the most two important commandments, he goes into Leviticus 19. And Leviticus 19 said, God spoke to Moses, speak to the congregation of Israel, tell them, be holy because I, God, am a uh, I, God, your God, am holy. Every one of you must respect his mother and father. Come on, somebody. Every one of you. But you don't know my mom and dad. Wait, maybe it's in this translation. You get to pick if you like them or not. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen a more generous um, parenting group. Your parents may be some of the most generous parents I've ever seen. What they've done for you, the investment they've made in you, how they've taken their time on the weekends to make sure that your events happen, to make sure you got from each sporting event one to the next. And I'm going to be very careful to say this because this isn't a blanket statement for everybody. But I've also never seen as many students who don't want anything to do with their parents. When you listen to the law, we're not suppressed by the law, 
but we are guided by the law. He says, love your father and your mother. God is speaking to Moses again, and he's taken those Ten Commandments, and he's beginning to interweave them into everyday life. Love your father and your mother. Keep my Sabbath. I am God, your God. He's reminding him, this isn't just your thoughts, Moses. This is my command. Keep my Sabbath. Rest. Don't take up with no God idols. Don't make gods of cast metal. I am God, your God. He goes through some of the sacrificial things, and he goes down to verse 9, and he starts by saying, When you harvest your land, don't harvest right up to the edges of your field or gather the gleanings from the harvest. Don't strip your vineyard bare or go back and pick up all the fallen grapes. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am God, your God. Let me put this in the modern times. If, the, if I were to write that scripture out, maybe it would sound like this. When eating your dinner at night, don't hide your groceries and be stingy with your leftovers. Don't eat the whole pizza when those around you don't have any. That's what he's saying. Well, in our apartment, Pastor Justin, we figured this out. I have shelf one. They have shelf two and three and four. And then, for those of you who have six people in your apartment, they get the floor. And in the refrigerator, we've divided it off. And I know, Pastor Justin, that not everyone has food on their shelf, but I don't want them touching my leftovers. Because, Pastor Justin, leftovers taste good. They taste better sometimes when they've actually soaked in the flavor. I have a lot of eyes looking at me like, right, just like, uh uh. Don't you mess with my leftovers. <laughs> he literally tells them in the Old Testament, through the law, don't go back to your field and clean everything up. You'll have enough. If you want to show people love, put them ahead of you. I'll, I'll say this. I, I don't know why I keep going to Pastor Josh because it's probably is an easy target uh, for things like this. I've yet to this day in the... Have you been director eight years now? I've not one time ever, let alone see him eat first, but ever step ahead of anyone else I'm not that example. I'm like, give me my food and get out of my way. <laughs> Always. He'll walk around. He'll talk to people. He'll encourage people. He'll say hi. He'll make sure that you got something to eat. And then he'll go at the end of the line and he'll find the four vegetables that's left in the tray. And he never complains. And I remember used to be, I, I, we'd get pizza. It works really well for us. He, he's vegan. I am not. I am the opposite. We'd go get a pizza at, at like an outreach or whatever, and I'd pull all the cheese off the top, and he would eat the bread. And he never has ever complained. Why? Because he gets the concept. I want them to have it before I do. I want to make sure that not only do they get an extra piece, they can have all the pieces. Why? Because he's never been left hungry 
And God's never let his children or made them beg for bread. And he's telling him in this passage, listen, just help people. Love them. Be grateful for them and value them. Don't steal. Don't lie. This isn't about you. This is about your neighbor. These next things are about your neighbor. Don't deceive anyone. Don't swear falsely using my name, violating the name of your God. I am God. He just keeps repeating it. I'm God. I've got this. Don't exploit your friend or rob him. Don't hold back the wages of hired hand overnight. Don't curse the deaf. Don't put a stomach block in front of the blind. Fear your God. I am God. Don't pervert justice. Don't show favoritism to either the poor or the great. Judge on the basis of what is right. Don't spread gossip and rumors. That's not about you. That's for them. Being grateful. Valuing them. Don't just stand by when your neighbor's life is in danger. When I read that verse when I was studying this passage, you know what I thought of? You know what the first thing I thought of? Cell phones. Look, there's a fight. Look, there's an accident. Boop. Look, somebody can't get out of the snow. Boop. And then they all came running to help Pastor Justin out. But we're so quick to pull up our phone and not help the person in need. We've got to step in and help those who are in danger. It's who we're called to be. It's part of love. It's part of valuing them. Don't secretly hate your neighbor. Woo. If you have something against him, get it out in the open. Otherwise, you are an accomplice in his guilt. Don't hate your neighbor. Go talk to him. Getting it out in the open is not like, hey, did you hear what they did? That's not getting it out in the open. That's gossip. Go back to them. Talk to them. Encourage them. Work it out. Don't seek revenge or carry out a grudge against any of your people. But they ate my leftovers. So I'm going to eat all their pizza. They have a frozen pizza that they love, and every Thursday night when they get done with class, they come home and they make that pizza. It's their favorite thing. I'm going to eat their pizza tonight. Don't seek revenge. You're like, Justin, that's so silly. It's so true. Hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. I am God. See, loving God and loving people is who we are. And when we tolerate the conversations against others, we're not loving God and we're not loving people. We're loving ourselves and our own ego. It's the core of who we are as a church. It's the core of who we are. So here's the million-dollar question. Justin, how do I love my neighbor? Ready? Number one, love God. I know sometimes the, the simplest and the most obvious gets overlooked so easily. But I'm going to break it down for you because it's not complicated. This is the most important part. Remember the verse? Love the Lord your God. This is the most important part. Hang your coat on that. When I go home and I hang my coat up, you know what that's saying? I'm going to stay there a while. When I take my hat off and I put it up on the hanger on top of the coat, 
It means I'm not going anywhere. You, you should take that peg and pound it into your life today. It's not there. I'm just kind of working it in, and we're slowly making it happen. Pound that thing into your heart today. Love God. Hang your coat there. Kick off your shoes. Take your jacket off. Stay a while. Take the hat. Leave it there. Don't get in a rush. Don't think, you know what, I figured it out for a minute, and I've got to figure it out myself. Stay there for a while. Because the longer you stay there, you'll realize who your neighbors are. One of our sweet neighbors, she's older, and uh, when it snowed the other day, I had been running some errands, went and got groceries, I came home, and these guys are shoveling her driveway. And so I drop something off, I'm going to go get something else, and I pull up, I say, hey, are you guys volunteer or are you for hire? And they're like, oh, no, we're volunteer. So I had this $20 bill in my pocket, and the Lord said, go give them $20. So I went up, the lady comes out. She's like, you guys, stop doing my, I won't go anywhere. Go do someone else's driveway, thinking of others before herself. I said, hey, I said, you might ask, like, how do you, how do you know her? Are you related? And they're like, no, she goes to our church. And so we got the directory out today. And uh, we went through all the, the, the ladies in our church who were widows and have no one else to help them. So we're just going to shovel their driveways all day. I said, can I pray for you? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so we prayed, and I just start crying. The, the presence of the Lord was so on their lives. The joy of the Lord, they were smiling, just shoveling snow. And I said, in Jesus' name, amen. I took the 20, and I stuck it in the front part of his overalls. He goes, man, don't do that. I said, I am going to do that. And you're going to go buy a cup of coffee today, and you're going to remember that God has blessed you today for what you've done. So I came home later that day, and um, probably two hours later, and I'm pulling down the street. It's a whiteout. And I'm pulling down the street, and I look, and I go, those guys shoveled my driveway. And I got up and realized it wasn't my driveway. It was my other neighbor's driveway. And instead of getting frustrated about it, I rejoiced in it. Because if we can do things for our neighbors, that's where God is most pleased. But you don't know who your neighbors are if you're not home long enough to know. If you don't hang that there for a little bit, you'll never know. You'll never see it. You'll go into a store and not see the need, and people will walk out hungry because you were sent there that day to bless them, and you didn't because you didn't look long enough. All I could think about was getting my donuts and my, my, my bang drink, and I was ready to go. I'm not trying to be harsh to you, and I'm not saying those things are bad. I drink, I don't drink those things anymore, caffeine, and I still eat donuts, but those aren't bad things. <laughs> but you got to be smart around you. i got to move on. Um, do things in the right order. Love God. Uh, part B of that. Where is God in the order of your day? Question, is he a part of your day? Number two, love yourself. Wait, what? Everything you just preached, that makes no sense. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. If you're not taking care of yourself, you won't take care of your neighbor. Spend time in his word. 
Spend time in prayer. Spend time taking care of your body. Make the right choices. I started feeling like garbage the last month, and guess what? I'm back on my plan. I'm like, that's not because I'm tired. It's because I'm making poor choices. Make choices that help you live longer because you're valuable to the kingdom of God, and he wants you to be a part of this mission as long as you can. You don't get to choose that by the poor things you eat and the lack of taking care of yourself. In Jesus' name. It may taste good, but it doesn't mean it's good for you. Rest. Another part of that, think highly of yourself, but not more highly than you should. This isn't about arrogance. It's about significance. And you are significant to God's plan. I love Pastor Josh's sermons and his encouragement. He's like, now just say these things. Find them. Put them on your mirror and read them every morning. And he taught us how he did that himself. And again, it's all part of that growth process that I've seen. It's difficult to love your neighbor when you don't love yourself. And for some of you, your biggest obstacle isn't your neighbor. It's you. Let me say it again. It's difficult to love your neighbor when you don't love yourself. And for some of you, your biggest obstacle isn't your neighbor, it's you. Quit blaming everyone else for where you are. Number three, be grateful for the people around you. You'll never be grateful for the people you grumble and, and complain against. But they didn't pick up their stuff. They didn't wash their dishes. They didn't take their laundry out of the dryer. And then I had to set it up on top of the dirty dryer because I didn't wipe it off because I could only think about was getting my clean clothes in the clean dryer. Justin, stop. You're just going too far. Your parents. Do you grumble against your parents? Let me just help you with something. If you grumble against your parents, you're going to grumble against your spouse. Do you grumble against your pastors? I don't think I agreed with everything he said. You know, if I were a pastor of this church, this is how I would do it. If I was the director of this department, I'd tell you what, we would do it this way. I sure liked it better at home than I do here. Do you grumble against your peers? Your roommates? Your friends? Do you grumble against the people that you do ministry for? Not just with, but for. Man, that person, when they drop their kids off, they stink so bad. Really? You know, that might have been the only warm place they were at all week. Value people. Let me just teach you a little quick lesson. It's impossible to gossip about people that you're praying for. Number four, value them. How do I love my neighbor? Value them. Make your conversations about them and not just you. Help where help is needed. Ask questions about them, their family, their other friends. You're not the only friend in their life. Don't consume them. Find out what they like to do. Find out what's going on with them. Listen, <laughs> this is a free one. If you keep going to different people to try to find the answer, that you want, that's not the answer you need. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, and they're like, can I talk to you? I really even go through something. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then through the conversation, I find out I'm pastor number five that they've talked to, and friend number 53. Well, what are they saying? Well, they're saying it's not a good idea. Well, I say it too. Pick up 
your boots, put it, pull them up by the bootstraps and get to it. Yeah. Celebrate their wins and comfort them in their losses. Rejoice with them. I love this week of go bless someone's face off and valuing people. Shana, could you come up here? Where's Shana? I saw Oh, come on up here. I was like, where is she? I saw her. You have a natural gift of giving gifts. You make it somehow happen. Because it's not like you just have this plethora of, of, of things to be able to give to people. And not only do you give gifts, but you also find out about the person. So every gift that you give to them is meaningful. And I love that. Um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, I sold something. And it paid for itself, and I made some more money off of it. And for whatever reason, I kept some of it. And I have this issue with God. I, I say, God, I don't want to carry cash because you always make, it, make me give it away. <laughs> and I love it. And um, God's generous. Last week, I was talking to a dear friend. He's a pastor of a, a large church. And he said, hey, I, we, it was Casey and I. We were looking at camps. And, and I saw this guy's face, and I FaceTimed him. I just want to see him. I want to see him where he's at right now. He said, bro, so good to, so good to see your face. I'm, I'm actually in Indianapolis right now. It's like where I grew up. And he's like, just, that's so cool that you called. Thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, where are you going? I'm headed to Chicago. I'm preaching at a, at a retreat this weekend. I'm like, good for you, man. That's so exciting. He was like, hey, I got to call you later. Um, I, I'm, I'm starting a new ministry in New York City. I said, you know there's not very many people there right now, right? They're all moving. I said, you'll be able to get a house pretty cheap. And he laughed. He goes, no, man, God's called us to go work with those who are less fortunate, juvenile detention centers and prisons, trying to keep kids out of prison and give them a future. I go, bro, that's awesome. While we're talking, the Lord said, you send him $100 right now. That's the joy of Apple Pay and, and all those things, right? So I pulled out my phone, sent it to him. He's like, dude, you have no idea how that blessed me. He sent it like six hours later when he was done driving. And uh, he's like, thank you much. And all I said was, hey, here's some seed money into your ministry. The next four meals that I was a part of, someone else paid for. Generosity begets Generosity. I didn't ask people to pay for it. We went to a really nice meal with some family and friends the other night. And I was just like, this is so expensive. Guy picked up the whole meal. Breakfast, the whole meal. Lunch that day, the whole meal. And it just kept going. I'm like, that's awesome. We sowed seed into the missions offering on Sunday. I'm a shoe guy, right? And... Um, so I'd, I've actually been watching these shoes. These are not easy to get a hold of. Matter of fact, most of them you can only get in Europe. I got a package from my brother. <laughs> and he's like, hey, just 
he's like, hey, I sent you something. There's a sweatshirt in there for Maddie. Make sure she gets it. I'm like, cool. And I open it up, and these shoes were in the box. Generosity begets generosity. And it's not just a little. It's a lot. Um, So out of obedience from the Lord, first of all, I want to start by giving you what I wanted to do. I'm like, hey, here's $10. Right? And the Lord's like, really? Is that how we roll? And so right before I came up to preach, he goes, all of it. So there's another $50. And there's another $100. Now, listen. It's not about me and what I have. Because what I realized, that's not mine. So when I was trying to hold on to it before service and give you 10, he's like, okay, that's fine. I'll get it from you another way later. And I just keep that generosity open. Why? So I can receive back? No, because I value you. And I value you because you value people. Keep that heart. Continue to be grateful for your roommates. Continue to be grateful for your college group. Continue to be grateful for the place that God's put you for right now. We love you. We are blessed as a college that you're a part of this. We are blessed as a college and every individual because you're a part of this. We love you and we're thankful for you. You're welcome. Hey, listen, thank you. You can have a seat. Come on, let's stand up. Man, I, if you're sitting there, man, he's so showy, you don't get it. We should be blessing people all day long. Not to show each other up, or I did you one better. Just to be obedient. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you. We're going to sing that song one more time, and then we're going to dismiss. Lord, I thank you. Because you showed us that you value every single one of us. You died for us on the cross. And no, lover, no, no love, no greater love has ever been shown like it has right now. That you would lay your life down for us. You laid your life down for the guy on the left of you. And you laid your life down for the guy on the right of you. One acknowledged you as Lord, the other one mocked you. You loved them all because you value people. Lord, you are grateful for the relationships we can have. And for that, we thank you. And now, Lord, we celebrate you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Now apply what you have learned and go out and bless someone's face off.